Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of The Turf, the Silver and Black Turf here, exclusively on SB Nation, the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. I am your host, Nick Hamilton, alongside with my partner, Scott Winter, and we got a jam-packed show for you all today. Definitely going to talk about the Raiders' win across the pond, and uh, they definitely put Khalil Mack on a milk cart. We'll get into that, as well as Josh Jacobs' rise to stardom. He's been on fire the last couple of weeks, so we'll break that down, get into it. Vontez Burfick is out the door, but for how long? And could a Jaguar want to be down with the silver and black? Is that even possible? And yes, John Gruden wants to switch up a defense. Is that even a good idea? We'll get into that and more here coming up on the turf, the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, right here on the Silver and Black Turf. So what's going on, Scott, man? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm fantastic. You know, it's uh, uh, it's been just about all good news, except for Vontez Perfect, as far as the Raiders go. And, uh, you know, uh, but but as far as, you know, this is a long, grueling road trip. And, you know, the Raiders are looking pretty doggone good going to the bye week. And uh, that's <laughs> Raiders fans should be ecstatic right now. Yeah, the Raiders are currently at three and two. Um, Derek Carr has actually looked pretty well in the last game. They beat the Chicago Bears, whom everybody was amped up for because of Khalil Mack. Now, Khalil Mack obviously was traded to the Chicago Bears for draft picks. And then within those draft picks, you saw guys like Josh Jacobs get drafted. And so many other guys we'll get into later on. Um, so this was the game to see what Khalil Mack was going to do. This was the first time that Khalil Mack faced his former team it just so happened to be across the pond. I know a lot of us wish that it was back in Oakland. Uh, that would have been surreal in itself. But, hey, NFL is trying to expand. They put the game in London. And we saw what the effects were with that, where the Oakland Raiders beat and held on to a win over the Chicago Bears, 24-21. to And to me, uh, that game was an interesting game because the Raiders stayed in it. I didn't expect the Bears to be uh, to keep it as close as they did because um, I don't trust the Bears' offense. And I was really interested to see what Khalil Mack was going to do uh, against his former team. How much passion, how much, uh, should I say, lack of love <laughs> he was going to have against the Oakland Raiders, a team that traded him away, that refused to pay him the money that he felt he was worth. Uh, so I, I listen. Derek Carr did well. He didn't throw any touchdowns, but he finished twenty-five of thirty-two for two hundred twenty-nine yards, uh, no sacks. So the O line held up really well, which I was really pleased about because we did talk about that O line, something that Scott and I have been beating into you all's heads like a drum the whole entire season about what is the O line going to do, how well is the O line going to be against opponents, and thus far. The O-line has held up pretty well. Um, listen, this was a win that the Raiders definitely needed more than the Bears did. Uh, this was a win that uh, Derek Carr and I believe Josh Jacobs needed to continue to boost his confidence because we all know Josh Jacobs was, was sick a couple of games back. Um, he was working his way back into that fold. And uh, Josh Jacobs did not disappoint. 26 carries for 123 yards and two TDs. Uh, this kid, like I said, I can't stop bragging enough about this kid. This kid is on fire. I love what they're doing with him as far as the structure and the offense of how he's, he's been able to, uh, really, uh, put himself in the offense, really understand the offense and he's picking it up every week. He seems to be getting better each and every week. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you know, I, you know, I'm on record and I, and I, and I continue to say this and we talked about this, uh, a first round draft pick as a running back is not for me is not, uh, usually a value play, uh, you know, because there's so much expectations with them. And then, I mean, you take a look at the last couple of ones, uh, uh, Gordon held out and he's not happy. And, you know, you, you got a boy Gurley in, in, in LA and it, don't even know what's going on there. You know, I mean, sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. Is there an injury? We don't know. Uh, he didn't show up during the Super Bowl. So when you look at first round draft picks like that, uh, 
and, and, and in the last 10 years, it's usually not, uh, ideal. However, <laughs> however, if you find a generational talent, um, and this is straight from Ron Wolf, you find a generational talent, then you take them, you take them in the first round. It doesn't matter what position they play. If you find a generational talent. Now, I'm not saying that Josh Jacobs is a generational talent. It's too soon to know as far as from the outside. But I'll tell you what, right now, he's lighting everything up. He's exciting. He's exciting that line. He makes the defense honest. When he's in the game, they can do so many things. It's a dynamic situation. In all honesty, the Raiders haven't had this kind of presence back there uh, since you know, a healthy McFadden, I want to say, but even better than that, you go back all the way to Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson, because right now in through five games, he is the career Raiders leader in, in, in scrimmage yards for, you know, all time. And now he's only got five games. I get that. But, but you think about Marcus Allen, he's, he's done better in his first five games than Marcus Allen did. He's done better than Bo Jackson in his first five games. I'm, I'm just, those are hallowed names and I get it. <laughs> Five games, but this kid just, he runs to daylight so well and he can catch and, and, you know, and he can block. Anyways, he's amazing. No, I mean, listen, I, I, I listen, I live, I hear the stats and I've seen the same stats that you've seen. And yes, it is impressive what Josh Jacobs has done in the last five weeks. Um, as opposed to what we've seen from Bo Jackson in times prior, Darren McFadden, um, even Marcus Allen, the great Marcus Allen. Uh, but let's keep it all in perspective as well. It is five games. This is a rookie. He was the third back in an Alabama system under Nick Saban um, that performs well. Uh, but the, the the key is, I think you have to give John Gruden and that offensive, you know, the the offensive coordinator. Uh, and in in the running backs coach a lot of credit because they were able to bring on Josh Jacobs very slowly. They had a plan for him from the moment they drafted him, probably even before they drafted him. They had a plan for him. They stuck with the plan. They executed it well. And Josh Jacobs also, if you remember, Josh Jacobs is also taking all of this in stride. He's not getting too ahead of himself. He studies the playbook. He's watching the film. He's taking it one week at a time, which any rookie should do and also too he's getting a lot of help he's getting guys like Derek Carr around him he's getting guys like DeAndre Washington those guys are a tight-knit bunch and when you have guys like that around you that can help you transition into the into the pro game I think that's a, a, a huge help that kind of gets pushed under the radar um even the, the ability, and the one thing I can say about Josh Jacobs, which I hope they continue to use him and use him even more so, is his ability to catch out of the backfield. Because when I look at Josh Jacobs, I mean, I know he had, I think he had two or three receptions uh, for about 20 yards or so in the game against Chicago as well. But this kid is a legitimate, a, 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 yeah, excuse me, a legitimate back that can catch out of the backfield effectively and give you some yards after that and give you some room to breathe to keep the chains going downfield. And I think this kid um, is going to be sensational. I think he has to continue to keep pace with what he's doing, not trying to outdo anybody else in his class, anybody else on the team. Just continue to play football the way he's comfortable and knowing the plays, how to, how to execute. And if he continues to do that, I think he's going to have one of the most successful rookie seasons as a running back for the Oakland Raiders. And Oakland Raiders can only benefit from well, absolutely. And, and you talk about the people around him. Uh, I want to mention, uh, Alex Ingold and that, that fullback mm, has come in and has just waylaid people. He lays a thumping and he's amazing on lead blocks. You look at his touchdowns, you look at Josh Jacobs touchdowns and a lot of times, more often than not, Alex Ingold is leading the way is getting that key block. Uh, you talk about him being in, a, in, in the passing. Uh, situation, Josh Jacobs, a lot of times I've noticed this, you know, they design him a lot of times as a hot read, but he's a, it's a, it's a hot read option where sometimes, you know, he has to choose to stand and block. He has to pick up the, uh, the hot, uh, player coming in. Um, and so he'll stay in and block, even though he might be the hot read or he might have a pattern to go out there where they're going to throw him the ball. But because he blocks so well, 
And of course, you know, especially against the Bears and, and that situation, you know, they were max protect on so many different um, levels. They were max protect and schemed. Uh, you know, Tom Cable, you got to give him a lot of credit. And a lot of us have, you know, been kind of, you know, uh, uh, holding with bated breath how he's going to do this season. But he absolutely coached a well-designed game plan for that offensive line that gave Jacobs a lot of options. And, of course, Derek Carr didn't get any sacks either. So, Even you know, though he did we can talk about ball. that offensive line. You know what I'm saying? No, you can't. Even though, even though Derek Carr did fumble the ball once, uh, fortunately, Chicago wasn't able to capitalize on it. But you got those are the little things that you have to watch as well with Derek Carr. Um, and I, you know, when I look at when I look at this team and I look at the aftermath of the Antonio Brown situation, and thank God we've moved on beyond that. Um, you have to give a lot of credit to the team that they had intact because a lot of guys could have folded under the pressure, under the media hype and the circus that surrounded this team. Even though this team did bring a great deal of it upon themselves with hard knocks and and, and some other things and moves that they've made. But you got to give the, 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 the players a lot of credit for maintaining themselves, making sure they were poised, uh, making sure they were focused on what the deal was and what the job they had to do at hand, which was win football games and be able to execute effectively. And John Gruden is one of those dudes that he's continuing to to ruin teams' uh, future as far as giving them nightmares instead of their dreams. You know, we always said Gruden wants to crush your dreams not and, and give you nightmares. And that's exactly what he's continuing to do. They're second in the AFC West at three and two, which is surprising to me. Uh, I didn't expect them to be uh, this well, you know, this soon in the season. I thought it was going to take a little bit more time for them to kind of gel and, and you know, just be able to play some quality football. Uh, but then I also had to look at the things I look at with this regular team, even though they're three and two, and I know we're only in week five, they're on a bye. Um, they have some impressive wins, which, listen, I look at the schedule, right? And we've talked about the schedule immensely. We've talked about who they're playing. We, we, I mean, you and I, Scott, have talked about this at nauseum. But then I look at the teams that the Raiders have played, right? So they beat the Broncos. Now, we know the Broncos were not that team. They started out 0-4. At that point, they were getting it. The Raiders handed them their first loss. Then they played the Chiefs. Chiefs took them to the woodshed. Then they lost to the Vikings. Then they beat the Colts and the Bears. So to me, they haven't had a quality significant win yet. They haven't played a team with a quality significant win. And that, to me, is kind of a situation where I can't give too much credit and say, oh, they're 3-2 and two, and they're second in the AFC West. But they have who have they really played that challenged them that, that they got a quality win from? The only team that they've played that, had, that, that really had a, quality, had a quality team were the Kansas City Chiefs, and they got blown out. Now they have an opportunity coming up after the bye to play the, the the Green Bay Packers who look extremely well, probably one of the most balanced teams that Aaron Rodgers has, has been under center for in the last few years. So if they can get a quality win out of Green Bay, then I can start to believe that this team is on to something greater than what we've seen in front of us just because of a record of three and two. Well, there's no doubt that, that Green Bay is going to be another, you know, measuring post. Uh, but at the same time, the Bears are nothing to sneeze at. Granted, you know, they are a defensive team and the Raiders put up more yards against them since Khalil Mack's been there. There's been, you know, it, it, it was unbelievable. Um, the, the offensive performance that the Raiders put on that defense. The other thing is, is I wouldn't, you know, sleep on the Colts. The Colts, what did they do uh, last week? Oh, they beat the Chiefs. Mm, that's something. So the Raiders beat the Colts. Colts beat the Chiefs. You know, kind of one of those things, you know, it's it's a, in a given Sunday kind of situation. So, I, I, you know, Colts just didn't look good against the Raiders, um, you know, and but they they sure they sure put a lot of pressure and a lot of heat 
on uh, Patrick Mahomes, and you know he's hobbled a little bit after that game, and they just got beat up. You know, it was a physicality game. So while Green Bay is going to be a measuring stick and it's an important game, uh, the one thing I would I would I would mention, and and just like the Bears game, and I would I said this also, the because of the way the NFL works, NFC games are only good basically for head-to-head matchups for playoff consideration or just the win itself. They're not measured. They're not one of the first measuring sticks uh, when it comes to, to playoff consideration. You look at uh, uh, you look at divisional, then you look at AFC conference, you know, head-to-head matchups, and then you get into the, you know, when you start getting down towards the coin flip. So it's going to be interesting to see. They're going to play in Green Bay, which I consider NFL Mecca. It is the the hallowed shrine shrine of the uh of the NFL, the jewel, uh, and how they play there is is going to uh be a good test for the team. Not not only that, but playing after a win. They seem to sometimes this team emotionally lets down at times. I'm not saying they don't give effort, because that's one thing that this team has done all season. They have given one hundred percent effort from, you know, start to finish of every game. You know, they've gotten beat and the they've Raiders. gotten blindsided. Yeah, the Raiders. The Raiders, they're, they're, that's a young team and they're going to make mistakes. What I liked about the Bears game was they made a lot of young mistakes that young team makes. Um, to me, that fumble wasn't on Derek Carr. That was a, he, he called an audible. And once again, you know, the person that was supposed to get the audible didn't get the audible. Uh, you know, and that's just an execution situation. You find that a lot with young teams. That being said, they came back from that adversity. I mean, they were getting horrible calls against them. I, I, it, it's one of the worst officiating games against the Raiders I've seen in a I long mean, time. I mean, but they overcome that. They overcame all of that and still went down and finished it out. And then their defense closed it out. Um, you know, so this team can play with anybody. It, it and and the other thing is, of course. I think Minnesota was a wake-up call for John Gruden and his coaching staff because they're adapting faster. And, and, and in-game play calling in the middle of the game has gotten dramatically it just dramatically improved. Whereas in the Chiefs game and the Minnesota game, they didn't adapt quickly enough to the changing circumstances of the game. Well, here's the problem I have. First of all, I don't think they can play with just anybody. I don't think they've reached that level yet because we've seen – what they did against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I do believe the Chiefs, will they'll probably lose to the Chiefs again because the Chiefs are just that much of a better team. And then they got shellacked, as you mentioned, against the Minnesota Vikings. And those two back-to-back weeks where they've, they've been taken out to the woodshed. Now, granted, the Colts, they were an average team. The Colts are trying to find their identity. They did lose Andrew Luck uh, pretty much closer to the beginning of the season. So they had a, they had, they're they're trying to find their identity. I get that, but they still got to play on Sundays. You still have to show up for football games. My thing is, let's not get overhyped and overly celebratory when it comes to the Raiders because they're at, currently at three and two. That is a nice record. That's they they play some they play some good football in between in the mix of those games. But my like I said before, my thing is they have yet to have a quality win. They have yet to bring home a quality win against a quality top-notch team. And as I look at the schedule, again, Green Bay, which they have an opportunity, but it's going to be very, very tough playing at Lambeau. And 10 a.m. game, West Coast team flying in, coming off of a bye. Sometimes it could be a blessing. Sometimes it could be a curse because of the layoff. You never know. But they have they – have, on their schedule, I see at least one, two, three, four. Yeah, four, four quality, four opportunities to get quality win, and those are against the Packers, Texans, Chargers, and the Chiefs once again, and the rest are just a bunch of cupcakes. Well, they play the Chargers again, so five, excuse me, because they play the Chargers at 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 uh, Dignity Health Sports Park on December 22nd, so five. So you have five opportunities to get quality win. The rest are cupcakes against the Jaguars, the Titans, the Broncos, the Bengals, 
They're all cupcakes. The lions, they're cupcakes. So there's no, I'm waiting to see. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, every game, every week is a new adventure for the team, obviously. And this is, to me, what I'm seeing is an amalgamation of of the 2015-2016 season where, you know, they're getting their sea legs under them. They're playing hard. They're playing, they're playing with passion. They've rallied around the Vontez perfect situation. The whole team has, um, and the the people that are coming in, the, the next men up, you know, it, it they're stepping up. You know, uh, Eric Harris has he has it took him a little bit to find find that guy, but Eric Harris has stepped in and become that guy at safety. You know, for 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 Abrams, and you're not replacing Abrams. Abrams is is amazing. But Eric Harris has stepped in and done a bang up job. Uh, uh, Morrow, you're not replacing Burfecht, but Morrow has stepped up and done a bang up job. And you know, it, it, it just think, I mean, you've got good in there, and he's done a bang up job until Jackson gets there and on the offensive line. So I mean, there, there are there are signs. They're still trying to find out what where they're going with wide receiver. They just released JJ Nelson, uh, you know, and they 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 picked up that kid. From Buffalo, who who had a we'll, naked yeah. it, naked incident. <laughs> yeah, we'll, and we'll get into that more, we'll get into that more, more in depth later on in the show. But, but in, I mean, know, they, I they, hear what you say. Yeah. So there well, you go. He, I, I'm glad you mentioned Vontaze Burford, your favorite player, because I can't wait to get into this. I've I've read the tweets, I've I've seen what you what you wrote, written about Vontaze Burford, and your cape is flying real high for Vontaze Burford. I get it. Scott is riding with Vontaze Burford till the rotors fall off. I totally get it. Here's the problem I don't have with the NFL that you and I've seen a few other people have a problem with the NFL as far as their harsh. People believe a harsh, stiff penalty uh, and punishment that they gave Vontaze Burfick. Now, we all know that Vontaze Burfick was suspended uh, for the rest of the season for the the hit that he placed um, against the Indianapolis Colts, a a game that the the Raiders happened to win. Now, here's my thing. And they went back to an appeal. The NFL pretty much uh, upheld the suspension. Um, and he's going to be suspended for the final 12 games of the 2019 season, which I have absolutely no problem with. Uh, the Raiders did sign Vontaze Burfecht for one year. They pretty much can kiss him goodbye. Um, over, But this is not the first incident. Here's why I'm riding with the NFL when it comes to the suspension of Vontaze Burfecht. In seven years that he's played football, most of them with the Cincinnati Bengals, do you know this dude racked up over four and a half million dollars in fines just for the this for the hit, the helmet to helmet hits, the 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 unnecessary roughness, the clothesline tackles. Like this dude, I think this dude belongs in in the WWE versus the NFL. This dude should be on Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown because there's no way that he should be in the NFL playing like this. You cannot continue to play like this. The NFL has changed. They're trying to, quote unquote, protect the players. They're mainly protecting the quarterbacks because that's what moves the needle when it comes to the, the profit margin of the league and the, and the the what they want to push as the excitement of the league. I understand Burfick plays the old Raider way. And the old Raider way was hard nose, no, neck in the ground, smash mouth football. I totally get that. But this is not the day and age for that. And this is a dude that has had is a is a habitual line stepper. This dude has crossed the line so many times. It's ridiculous. And the reason why they suspended him the way they did is because he's a repeat offender. He's a constant repeat offender. This dude does not get the point that, dude, you cannot play that way. There is no way with the finger pointing and waving at the crowd when he was in Indianapolis after he committed the the, the, the hit. 
I mean, come on, man. Like, this is not the way you could you, you could play football. We all remember the hit he, the, the devastating hit he put on uh, Antonio Brown in 2016. But this is a guy that continues to play the way that he's been playing, and he doesn't get the message that you cannot play this way. This is not – I mean, he put – let's go back. Okay, 2013, right? Um, He got fined for a face mask penalty against Fred Jackson of the, of the Buffalo Bills. Then in, uh, later on, two weeks later in 2013, in October 2013, this dude speared, <laughs> speared Stephen Hill with his helmet. Then in 2014, he twisted the ankles of Cam Newton and Greg Olson as he tackled him, which is dirty. Then in 2015, He celebrated the injury of Raymond Foster. Again, Burfick and James Harris and James Harrison got into it in pregame warm-ups. I mean, should I go on? This dude is a habitual line stepper. This guy does not get it. I mean, what do what do you say when you say he twisted the ankles? He twisted their ankles. He he grabbed the dude. He grabbed uh-huh. Cam Newton as he was tackling him. And at mm-hmm. once Cam hit the ground, he started twisting his ankle. It's on film. I'm not yeah. making this up. He okay. did that I'm to just Cam saying. Newton. And then later on in the game, when he went after Greg Olson on a play on the side, he really tackled him, which was a, a legal tackle, which was fine. Mm-hmm. Then he started to twist the ankle of, 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 of Greg Olson, to which he was penalized for. Mm-hmm. So again, I've never met the man personally. I hear that he's a very nice guy. I think I think I believe you said you met you ran into Vontez Perfect once. Um, if I'm not mistaken. That's fine. He's a nice guy off the field. I'm sure he really is. But on the field is what we're talking about. And you cannot compare what he's done on the field and get mad at the NFL for penalizing him versus other players, because I saw this stuff on Twitter. Where a lot of people were saying, well, how come the NFL didn't penalize? Uh, what's my man from Kansas City that had the alleged uh, uh, child? Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill. Because mm-hmm. that was off the field. We're talking strictly on the field. We're if we're talking strictly on, the, on field, the field, we're talking strictly on the field. The only thing to compare it to is, is an incident for the, which was five games. The longest on the field suspension has been five games. And that involved 30 stitches and somebody stomping on somebody with cleats. I mean, it is, if you want to talk apples and apples, that ain't apples and apples. I'm sorry. I disagree. I won't ever agree with that. Five games, 30 stitches, stomping get- on somebody versus, hold on. I mean, and, and Dominic and Sue, people call him a dirty. He has stomped on players. Is he gone for the season? Don't think so. Paul has Runyon, he done it since? Paul Runyon, oh, oh man, he's got. Has he done um, has, he, has he done things um, mm-hmm. that that will raise an eyebrow? Absolutely. Stop, but no, 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 no. He's not Stop, on no, the don't Raiders. Do the, don't do the pub, he, Daddy. Don't dance around the question. He, did he hold on. Do, did he do it? He has done things. He hasn't done any stomping. So he's, he so hasn't done any stomping. So but he's has gotten. He, he has gotten. He has gotten personal fouls though. So okay, I mean, personal foul that's calls what, happen all the time. But this dude, but this dude has this is a, has this, a, is a personal, a this is a personal foul call. This wasn't he wasn't spearing nobody. He it was a helmet to helmet contact on a receiver that was getting back up off the ground. And Vontaze Murphy has a history of has a history. It doesn't matter of, about of his repeat. history. It does. If it in does that matter about his history. That's ridiculous. Did, did it? Did it? Did it look malicious? Did yes, it looked of those malicious. Look, no, it didn't. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. It did not look malicious. Come on, man. You you sitting up here trying to defend a dude that has a rap sheet as long as as long as it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about the past. I look at the each individual situation. I do this with everybody. I did this with Tyreek Hill. I did this with every single person. Okay, but the people that are that are having an issue, the the NFL, Paul Runyon, you mean the guy that laid out, speared somebody long after the whistle? Like Big Ben style, Paul Runyon. This is the same Paul Runyon that said, if I did this anywhere else, they would throw me in jail. But here in the NFL, they pay me, Paul Runyon. And, Derek and how many Brooks, times did he do and it? And Derek Brooks, hold how on. How many times Derek did Derek Brooks, Brooks do who, 
and Derek Brooks ended a quarterback career's uh, Rich Gannon's career. What? What? How many times? Oh, I'm well, just shit. saying. If that's the case. I'm just saying. You talking about in the career, but that but that has nothing. But Scott, that has nothing to do. That's with history. We're oh, about, if we're gonna right? bring up history. No, we no, get to no. bring up history. Hold on. Listen. If we get to bring what up I'm history, saying, we get to bring up history. What? I, it's and, and I just and I just brought. Listen. What I'm saying yeah. is this. I'm saying it's a history. This dude has 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 a history and a rap sheet as long as your arm and my arm combined. As far as him putting deadly. Uh, let me say. Injury written hits on players has done a lot of stuff. This is not one or two incidents. This is not even three incidents. This is a history, a plethora of incidents that has happened leading back to Vontaze Burfick. So Vontaze Burfick has to take accountability and responsibility for what he has done. And yes, the NFL has come to as, as drawn the line when it comes to this type of behavior because he hasn't changed. The NFL has given him numerous opportunities to change his style of play, and he refuses to do it. So you continue to to, to slap people in the face, eventually somebody's going to hit back. And this time, the NFL got tired of being slapped in the face by his antics and by his style of play because he has been worn, he's been fined, and it still hasn't happened, and nothing has changed. And so now it's high time to send a message. And the message was, we're not going to continue to stand for this when we've given you numerous chances. And you can't sit up here and say that the NFL has not given this man numerous chances to try to change this style of play. They've given him handbooks. They've given him rule changes. They made it completely uh, 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 aware to all players, not just Vontaze Burfick, but to all players in the National Football League of what they're going to tolerate and not tolerate. And he ignored it. Apparently, he's ignored it because he continues to play the same way. Well, you just flip to that page in the uh, collective bargaining agreement that says they 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 can uh, they they can do this as far as other than Goodell has that power just just to do it to anybody arbitrarily. Where is the escalation policy of on-field situations in the collective bargaining agreement? You won't find it. It doesn't exist. Then why did the NFLPA and the NFL? There, I'm telling you, there is, huh? I'm saying why did the NFLPA and the NFL? The NFL has the power to suspend anybody without cause arbitrarily. That's Roger Goodell's power. That's and this is without cause. This is they can without cause. No, I'm saying is this without cause. This is overkill. This is very much overkill. Six games, five games. I could have, I would have been, I'd have been right there with you. I'd have said, yep. You know, he, he knew, he knew, uh, you know, he knew he was under, under observation. This is the penalty. This is the right penalty for it. I even said it. I even tweeted it out. There's m- many people, you know, many Raiders fans, many Raiders reporters who feel the same way. You know, five, six games. Yeah. Okay. But a whole season for that hit or even for the couple of hits that they, that they showed, none of them were malicious. Now the only the only thing I I'm will just saying, say, it was just football, I mean, man. It was it was just, but it bang, was just, but it, it's not. But listen, it was justified because of it of the history of what he's done. No, yes, you don't get to you players, don't get to go. You don't get to go. Well, that's a questionable call. So we're going to ban you for the whole season. That I don't care how much it. history he has. You don't. You don't know. do that. That, 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 that doesn't. You have to. You, everybody. You have to put in this history. That, that that's asinine to sit up here and say that history doesn't matter when this dude has had a history of hitting up. You shouldn't escalate it all the way. Dude. You shouldn't escalate it for the whole season. Not when people. Not when somebody neck chops oh, their car and doesn't even get a penalty for it. And not I, when listen, somebody totally smashes people. That's, that no, is it totally is not. Argument. It is no, still it a personal is. foul. It is. Is it? But it doesn't. But and that's it's a malicious a personal foul. Okay. You can't, you they can't, you can't, everybody, you, hey, if you want is justice, that, if you want justice, justice has to be served across the board. Justice yes, has justice, to be served. But we, all, but we all know justice, every case is different, and we all know. A- every case, case is different. different. Like Pac-Man Jones smashing Amari Cooper's head into his helmet, didn't get a penalty for. Okay, smashing him Scott, into his helmet, talking, and there was history but there. We are talk, but we are You see where I'm going with this? But no, we no, are no, talking, you want to, no, you've got to compare no, apples and oranges, apples and apples. If you this don't, not, but if you don't, you Apple, can't ride with the NFL not, when the NFL's making it up not, as it goes along. Listen, what I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is, yes, it should have been a penalty 
on hitting Derek Carr up under the chin. I agree with you on that. Okay. But that didn't happen. And now if that guy, if they did have a penalty on him, he got suspended for three or four games. I would be totally with that. Especially if the guy didn't have a, a long standing history like Vontez Murphy. But the fact remains, Scott, and anybody else that may be listening, is the fact that this dude has a history of being underhanded and doing things that he had no business doing and playing the way that he said he has no business playing when it comes to hits. Because if the NFL is taking a stand and they're saying, okay, we're trying to protect players, quote unquote, if that's the stand that they're taking and you're looking at the history of Vontez Burfecht, they're not going to make every call, Scott. You and I both know that. Referees miss calls all the time. You just alluded to a few moments ago about bad refereeing in the game against the, the Chicago Bears, to which I agree with you on. There was a lot of bad refereeing, not just in that game, but there were a few other games that I had witnessed that they would have bad refereeing and, and bad calls in that in those games. I'm not Why is it? Hold on. I, but I, I get saying, you there. Go ahead. But what I'm, let me finish my point real quick. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is this. When I look at a guy like Avantez Murphy, who has a history of these kinds of, of, of malicious hits. And whether it's suspect, if it's malicious or not malicious, if, it's, if, the, if, the, if it comes back inconclusive, guess what the ruling is going to be? If they think it's malicious, it's going to be malicious unless there's other evidence that proves that it wasn't. If it's inconclusive, they're going to ride with the, they're going to ride with the original call, which if they felt it was malicious, they're going to ride with that. You and I both know that. So what I'm saying is, you can't compare guys that have hit other guys and then get the personal foul calls. Shouldn't have got personal foul calls? Sure, they should have. But did they not get them? But I guarantee you they're going to be watched, just like Vontez Burfick has been watched for years. Now, Vontez Burfick only had that last time he had, he had made a hit on somebody was against Antonio Brown back in, I believe, 2016. And then he did this hit. I'd be more on board with what you're saying as far as he should have received a five-game suspension because he hadn't committed a a prior infraction in the last three years. So I get that part, but the fact that he kept doing it year after year after year, come on, man, you can't justify that. There's no way you could justify that. It's easy to justify when you look at a situation where the NFL makes it up as they go along when it comes to the Raiders. There's a lot of – Oh, oh, okay. We did a study. I got a buddy of mine that, that's, that's done statistics on penalties in the, in, in the Super Bowl era. Do you realize that the Raiders are the most penalized team in the history of the NFL? And it's not even close. Why? I mean, because not they even close. Commit the most infractions. Is, is that it? Uh, they've had, they've I'm had asking. how many receivers? Hold on. Is it because they commit the most infractions? No. You, you can't. I mean, we're talking year after year, regime change, organizational change, coaching changes. And they're still all the way up at the top year after year, year after year on average. I think only a couple of years has another team actually surpassed the Raiders. We're talking, it is off the charts. We're talking, they make up things like an index card. We're going to bring an index card on the field to see if there's a first down. We're going to give Mo, we're going to give Mo Hurst a, a, a penalty Listen. for laying on a quarterback. <laughs> Yet Khalil Mack does the same thing, didn't get a penalty, same game. We're going to give somebody a pick play, an offensive pass interference call on on an interception, and they're going to call that on him, and he's going to say, Derek Carr's going to say, hey, if you're, I get that you're calling an offensive pass interference because you think that was a pick play, but why did I throw him the ball? If it's, you know, how many times you've seen somebody go out and pick that's going to throw, I'm going to throw the ball to you. And they reviewed it, and oh, guess what? No, they didn't see nothing. So Look, you're under the impression that the I'm league. I'm telling you, there. Right? I'm telling you, over it, it just continues. It's a when I talk about a poorly officiated game, when I talk about a poorly officiated game, I'm talking about it has been that way for the last three, four games against the Raiders. Calls going against the Raiders. So you're saying that the, you're saying the league has it out for the Oakland Raiders. I have I have a saying? big suspicion about that. Yes. Okay, well, the bottom yes. line is this. Be that as it may, the bottom line is this. Fontes Burfick is gone for the season, and there's nothing that the Raiders, you, I, or anybody else can do about it because he's gone. You believe it was unjustified. I believe it was justified. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to be say we agree to disagree on that Absolutely. particular topic because 
I don't see it. But what I do see and what I can see is the fact that there's a particular Jaguar lurking out there on the prowl trying to be free from his den of of defeat when it comes to playing on Sundays in the NFL. And that particular Jaguar happens to be Jalen Ramsey. Now, there have been a lot of teams that have been trying to offer trade packages to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe the Philadelphia Eagles was one. There was talk about a few other teams. Um, we saw him in Houston uh, just about a week or so ago uh, hanging out with a, a particular quarterback in Deshaun Watson post game. Uh, but they, they, they came out with the report saying that he was down there looking for, uh, with the specialist looking at his back. Um, and let me tell you something. The Jacksonville Jaguars are not trying to release <laughs> Jalen Ramsey anytime soon. They're trying to do everything they can to keep him in Jacksonville. And it's simply not working. It's, it's, it's starting to become a problem if it hasn't already. And one interesting thing that I noticed. Jonathan Abrams. Now, we, you talked about Jonathan Abrams. I can't wait for him to get back on the field. I think he's a, a great talent. I love watching him play. It was just, it was a damn shame that he had to go out in week one. We didn't get it. We haven't had a chance to really see him perform the way of, of the of the level of talent that he's had. But we also noticed, if you, I don't know, I think you may have noticed this too, Scott, is the fact that Jonathan Abrams has been real active in the media lately. We saw him on ESPN's first take. We saw him a lot of various ESPN shows, um, some other shows that have been out there. He's really hit the media circuit pretty tough. And one thing I've noticed, he's definitely not only defended Derek Carr on first take. I don't know if you got a chance to watch that show um, because Stephen A. Smith, as usual, was trying to call out Derek Carr. And Jonathan Abram dropped some necessary information on Stephen A. Smith's head as it pertained to Derek Carr because he said that Carr at the most fourth quarter comebacks since 2015 when it comes to win, which is absolutely true. I actually checked it out, and Jonathan Abrams was absolutely correct in that. Um, another thing that Jonathan Abrams spoke about was Jalen Ramsey. Now, I've heard, I've heard through various circles that the Oakland Raiders seem to be at the top of Jalen Ramsey's list as a team that he would want to play for and, and, and guys that he would want to play with, whether it's this year or whether it's next year when they move to Las Vegas. We know that the perks about moving to Vegas, the taxes aren't as high as they are in California. So that's a plus. The team is actually going to be emerging as far as trying to build up their, continue to build up their squad. They'll have a lot of money in the bank as far as being able to acquire players, either via trade or free agency. So there's a lot of perks. And Jalen Ramsey can sit in that secondary and pretty much add some significant depth to that secondary. Uh, that the Raiders definitely need, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So um, Jonathan Abrams pretty much uh, would have been defending Jalen Ramsey and, and said that he would love to see Jalen Ramsey uh, be a part of Raider Nation. And it was interesting because Jalen Ramsey liked a tweet that was sent out about Jonathan Abrams speaking about that. So is it possible that we could see Jalen Ramsey in silver and black, or is just a far is it, is it just something that we have on a wish list in Raider Nation? Well, there, I believe that there's a lot of smoke there, and there is a spark of fire. It, 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 you're right, you know, Con Con and the, the Jaguars do not want to lose Ramsey, uh, and only those in that building know whether that that relationship is repairable and what their course of action is going to be. They've got a couple of choices, though, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're going to get top dollar for him uh, up till the trade deadline. And, of course, after trade deadline, you, you can't do anything about it. And you have to decide whether you want to be a competitor in a very weak division, uh, you know, a very competitive division. Uh, and are you going to get something out of it? Um, you know, because that could cut both ways. We want to be a competitor and we want to have uh, – we want to have – you know, our best guy on the team because he's absolutely the best guy on that team. And you're going to want to to make a run with him. Well, that's great. But what if he doesn't want to run no more? He just kind of, I'm hurt. I'm limping. I'm, you know, I need to do this. I need to do that. And he's playing, he's, he's playing it pretty close to the vest. Um, and using his, his, uh, his own leverage. 
do you want to get the, you want to get, you're probably going to get two first round picks for him. I mean, he's, he's, I'm not saying that he's Khalil Mack, but he is the best uh, corner in the league, period, bar none. In fact, I mean, is he a Deion Sanders type? He's not, he's not the biggest pickoff guy, but as far as cover guy, absolutely. The top five receivers in the league, the top five receivers he that he's covered more than 300, this talking about more than 300 targets. He has kept them that quarterback rating under 70. That's how, I mean, they ain't nobody close. We're talking about top five receivers matched up against. He is absolutely a baller. He, there's nobody, there's nobody in college that's coming out that's as good as him. You know, and I mean, they might, they might end up being that good, but right now there's nobody out there that's that good. And there's nobody in the league that good. And you basically can put him on an island and, and say, hey, there he is. And he, he shuts people down. They throw away from him. Do the I Raiders feel, a- do the Raiders feel, do the Raiders feel like, does Mike Mayock feel like, does John Gruden feel like, this team can make a run. Because if they feel that, and they can feel like they can get that piece, and they can at least make a good playoff run, then you pull the trigger, uh, I, but the, you know, there you go. I don't know. And if, the Raiders are interested. You, yeah, I mean, they're definitely interested. I agree with that. I think I don't know if you pull the trigger now or do you wait till the end of the year and then do something then? Because I think the closer he is to becoming a free agent, I think the less you may have to give up. Um, I, I think you give up a first and a second. I would not give up two first rounders for Jalen Ramsey, um, especially with him being what? Okay, we're but almost near halfway of the season, he's. I don't see anybody unless there's a, a sense of urgency where you see that there's another team creeping in, like maybe the Philadelphia Eagles or the Kansas City Chiefs or even the Los Angeles Chargers. You're, you're you know two rival teams in your division really making a strong pitch for Jalen Ramsey. Then I think you get in. You have to enter into the sweepstakes because you. What you have to do is you have to prevent the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers from coming in and taking a, a talent, a top-tier talent like Jalen Ramsey, and you, this is a guy that you're going to have to see twice in the division every year. So I think the Raiders kind of can play the waiting game and seeing kind of looking at the canvas and seeing, okay, what's really out there, what's really smoke, what's really fire. Um, And the closer they get to the end of the season and even after the season is over with, I think Jalen has what one more year left on his deal before he becomes a free agent. Yeah, he's uh, and he's he's his uh, fifth year is picked up. So Jacksonville picked up the fifth year, and uh, so that's that's a thing. We're talking like a thirteen point seven million dollar um, right. extent, you know, a fifth year option. But you make the absolute point, and that's that's the chess match, the game within the game uh, for for Mayock and Gruden to are they going to you got one sense of urgency as far as how the team's doing but the other one is do you want to face him twice a year in the league for the next five six years because you know yeah yeah and kansas city is out there lurking there's been reports about kansas city lurking but also too you can't forget the there's a surprise team and i I believe nick wright from uh from fs1 came out and said there there's a surprise team he came out i think it's several weeks ago and said there was a surprise team that could be the Chargers that could be interested because of the fact that his agent, uh, David Maluga, forgive me if I mispronounce his last name, but he has two other clients on the Chargers, which happen to be Casey Hayward and Derwin James. And they're all a very tight knit group. So there's, there's a great relationship between the Chargers and David, who happens to be Jalen Ramsey's agent. Um, and Derwin's been trying to recruit Jalen out to L.A. for Lord knows how long. We've seen it on Instagram. We've seen it on Twitter. Um, so that's a vi- that could be a viable piece as well. Um, and and who drafted him? Who 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 drafted him? Who's on the on the Chargers that drafted him? Who's who's running the defense over there? Ah, Gus, <laughs> my man Gus, who I talked to yesterday. There you Gus go. Bradley. Gus Bradley's exactly. the one that, yeah. So, I mean, there is a connection exactly. there, absolutely. So there, there, if if I'm Gus Bradley, I'm like, yeah, I want him. There's no doubt about it. And I'm sure oh, Gus yeah. is licking his chops trying to get him. But it, 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 there's a money thing. There's a flexibility thing that that, that 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 all has to be worked out. And, again, the Kansas City Chiefs are one of those teams 
that could be lurking as well. I mean, we've heard the reports about the Kansas City Chiefs being interested, and I believe that they are interested in trying to acquire the services of Jalen Ramsey. But I also believe that the Oakland Raiders are a team that he could go to and flourish with. It may take about two to three years for them to really get in the gear once they move to Vegas. Um, and my question is, will he be, will he be still up to par in three to four years? Because this game is as brutal as it is. You never can tell. I mean, who would have thought Derwin James would have gone out the way he'd gone out, unfortunately? And he's a top tier talent, um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so you never know what could happen. I'm not wishing bad on anybody, especially Janet Ramsey, of no consequences at my, uh, under any circumstances, rather, am I wishing bad on anybody? Especially Jalen Ramsey. I like Jalen Ramsey. I love his personality. I love what he brings to the game. Um, but who, 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 just as an example, who knows? You know, you can't, you can't, you can't prognosticate injuries. No, this can't. No, but um, corner uh, on the flip side, though, corner, corner is a little bit one of the less. It's why it's it's why it's such a, a highly sought after position uh, on the defense. It's like the number one. Be, be, them in defensive ends, they they seem to, uh, uh, if you statistically speaking, are less injured than say safeties and middle linebackers and such. Uh, so they're you're looking at you can't you can't prognosticate, but they t- damn sure do stat research on this stuff. Um, and and corner is one I of mean, the yeah. least areas that get that get beat up. I mean, hell, <laughs> Deion Sanders like you didn't hire me to tackle nobody. <laughs> hey, and you know what? Like I said. Look at look at the injuries that we've seen. Like I said, with Derwin James, Derwin injured himself in a, in a scrimmage. It wasn't even a real game. It was a yeah. scrimmage, yeah. and he's out. He's out until probably after the Mexico City game. So again, with Derwin, you never know. You know, I mean, excuse me, with Jalen, you just don't know. And the Raiders have to have a plan, and I'm not saying they don't have a plan in place, but they have to be have a sense of urgency in the next couple of years as far as trying to make deep runs into the playoff picture. Because, again, I'm going to say this, and I know Raider Nation's probably going to hate me for it, but I'm going to speak the absolute truth. Until Tom Brady and company retire, listen, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough getting to the Super Bowl. Okay, It's going to be even tougher when you, now that you have a guy like Pat Mahomes in your division that's tearing it up. But there's, there's ways of getting around Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady and the Patriots, it's extremely tough. And I know it's a sensitive subject for Raider Nation, because we know what happened back in 01. I know it's a sensitive subject, but let's be let's be let's be truthful here. Unless you have a divisive plan to take down the Patriots, as long as Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are there, you're just gonna make deep playoff runs. This is going to make a bunch of deep playoffs. Even if you make the AFC championship, that's great. That's a stop. That's a step in the right direction, but it ain't the Super Bowl. It ain't ultimately trying to win the Super Bowl. So do you they know, feel like they yeah. have enough to do that? If they that's do, a good, so that, that's a good point. And, and I don't believe anybody in Raider Nation is going to, they're not going to, they're not going to poo poo. Oh, it's going to be something. Uh, no, 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 no. They're going to go after you after Bontez. I promise you. They're going to go after you about this because, because, Ring because it, what is it? Six rings or what? Five rings? Four? I don't even if know. I can tell I can't, listen, no. if Six I can rings, deal with you, nine nine times in the Super Bowl, eight times nine. I can't even remember nine times in the Super Bowl it, since two thousand one. Ain't and there ain't nobody in Raider Nation gonna be like, yeah, no, the Raiders are better. No, that ain't happening. You're right. You're absolutely right. The Raiders do have to have a plan for doing that. I believe. I actually, John Gruden. I spoke to John Gruden about this uh, two years ago. Like, well, a year and a half ago, and and you know. He, he, he is definitely aware of the Patriot way. But the biggest thing is the Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and dealing with that. You have them two games a year. So it is within your power in that division to at least plan for that and to be able, cause, cause, you know, Brady ain't going to be out there collecting AARP, but, uh, social security checks. Uh, <laughs> he ain't going to be collecting social security checks and still throwing the ball. Um, you know, eventually the body going to wear down, and, and and I don't I don't wish that upon nobody again. But that's just that's just father time. It is what it is. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I have a feeling Belichick will leave as soon as Brady leaves. I just I don't know how long he's going to stay after that because you know I mean the man that man works like 
like 28 hours a day. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, uh, he's got a boat that's what called like eight rings now. I don't know how many rings it is, Listen, but, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not mad at regulation. <laughs> if they come think, at me, they yeah. come at me. If I can do this Vontaze Burfick stuff, it's going to be Vontaze. It ain't going to be what you said about the Patriots. If but I can do you know it with what you, would be great. I can do with it with anybody. If, Trust me. If, uh, oh, no, it's all good. We're I good. Spar, I, there's a, I, I there's a mutual with, respect between us. Just because we get a little heated. But oh, of course. That's wouldn't fun. it be great? Wouldn't it be great to see the if John Gruden and and, and Bill Belichick in two thousand one that started that started I know right um that started the 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 Patriots ascension wouldn't it be great if Bill Belichick and John Gruden stopped descended buried the Patriots dynasty forever and launched the Raiders dynasty. I know Raider fans would love that. Yeah, that would be not. Yeah, see, you getting all the Raider fans hyped up. And see, what I'm about to say is about to get them pissed off right off again because uh, ain't no way in hell that's going to happen. Unless you want to play Madden. Unless you want to play Madden. Now, if you want, if you're playing Madden 20, sure, that can help it. That can help. But uh, anytime soon, have you seen that Patriots defense? Have you seen oh, what Tom Brady has done? Their, their defense no. is their, their defense like awesome. The Raiders, Tom Brady? Eh. It's not playing like well, it. but their defense is playing fantastic. Hey, I like I like the direction the Raiders are going. Let me say that. I like the direction in which they're going in. I like that they got away from the A-B drama, and they'll get away from this Vontaze Burfick nonsense eventually, um, and they'll start to really build a quality team of guys that are hard-nosed but dedicated to the ultimate goal, which is reaching the Super Bowl and ultimately winning a Super Bowl. I like that. I think they'll continue with Mike Mayock and John Gruden. I think they'll continue. And I have to agree with John Abram when he said that Mike Mayock and John Gruden had a plan and they're, they're, and they're executing it and it's not over. They're continuing to execute it and it's going to be for years to come. And I like the fact that what I'm seeing, again, I told you they're going to probably finish eight and eight, seven and nine. I'm still sticking with that. Okay, I'm still sticking with them not making the playoffs. I don't think they make the playoffs this year. I could be wrong, but I don't think they make the playoffs this year. I think they come very close to it because in the AFC, it's going to be a little bit easier than it is in the NFC Um, because you only got maybe two teams and then everybody else. So there's a chance of, you know, making a wild card. But I don't think I don't think they're going to make the wild card because I think that wild card is going to be taken up by another team in their division. And another team and another in, 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 in the other division, in the other, uh, division. So I think those, both of those wild cards will be soaked up. And I think that they'll be watching on their couches once again, as they make, as they prepare that U-Haul to go across state lines to the lovely city of Las Vegas. And I think, I don't know, teams that win in London, man, go to the playoffs. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a thing. Boy, you are really fishing today, Archie. You're trying to pull Oh, hey, man. Hey, man. That's a good way to end it, though. Uh-huh. Yeah, That's a good way to end it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Quickly, we talked about, we talked about um, the Raiders uh, want to switch up the defense, especially with John Gruden. Is that a good idea? I think it can be a good idea, depending on what the Raiders tend to do moving forward against those next four games, that I, those next games that I mentioned earlier. Um I looked at the fact that, um, you know, he, and this is something that I looked at. I looked at Nick Morrow. I like to hear Whitehead. I love that kid. I think that dude is sensational. I think he's played extremely well. I know he's, he's gotten the, the smile of, of Gruden, uh, which is not easy to get. So the fact that Gruden is patting you on the back and smiling at you, I think he can, he, uh, he, he's a definite playmaker. Um, and then also to the Raiders cut wide receiver JJ Nelson, as you mentioned earlier, they and they brought up uh Lester Cotton um uh, back from the practice squad, which was interesting to me. Um but hey, you know, JJ Nelson has been plagued with a lot of uh, ankle injuries lately. He hadn't really performed the way that we thought he was gonna perform on that one year deal. So I'm not surprised at that. Yeah, you know, both of them, Grant and Nelson, didn't pan out. But you take those chances, you know. And I, I believe that they're they're happy with their young, the young crew that they're bringing up. Um, you know, I, I believe they're happy with Dawson and 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 um, you know some of, some of the other kids, you know. And of course, they're getting Williams back, and 
uh, Renfro and whatnot. But you know, um, the, the team is, 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 uh, is going in the right direction, you know, and, uh, uh, we'll see. as long as enough, as long as they don't get tore up with the injury bugs going forward. I mean, that's always, a thing, mm-hmm. you know, in this situation. Uh, but next man up's been so far so good. Three and two going into the bye better than people thought. So. Well, we'll see. They got a tough, t- they got a tough test against. That bad man and Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what happens. Uh, should be very, very interesting to see what they're going to do at Lambeau Field. Is there, here's their opportunity to get a statement win. As I said earlier, this is the time to get your statement win. You go up 4-2. Uh, hey, man, this is this is your opportunity. So, anyway, we got to cut out. They turn on the sprinklers once again. I'm not trying to get wet. I know Scott has a nice raincoat on, but, you know, hey, I I don't have my coat on, so I got to get off the field. Scott, you need to get off the field too, man. It's time for us to go. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Silver and Black Turf here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, exclusively on SB Nation. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you missed any portion of this broadcast, make sure you subscribe and download. Tell a friend. Make sure you you hit us up. If you have any questions, you can follow me on all things social media at Nick Hamilton LA. And you can follow me, uh, Scott underscore Winter NFL. There you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Raider Nation, stand up. You got to buy this week. So you automatically win. But then there's next week. Until next time we, should, we get together, this is Scott Winter. I'm your host, Nick Hamilton. Y'all be be safe. Stay sharp. We're out. I'm from the land of the players, slick talkers and collar poppers, narcotics and boss ballers, pit bulls and the rock rollers, niggas with gold teeth, old schools on gold feet, killers and OGs, task posts and the police, Mac off the foothill, East 14 to Brandy Park, Brookfield, Plymouth and Walnut Street, from the building seminary to the rolling 20s, with ghetto celebrities like Big Feet and Little D, you see the East Bay Dragons, it's the home of the Panthers, with niggas like tons of crack and fans catching on camera, throw you in the slammer, it's the home of show and Boss Wallace moved to Atlanta, niggas stole our grammar. That's my focus, that's my nephew, that's my weeples, that's my nizzle. Please believe me, go for cheesy off the hizzle, do your thizzle. When my niggas riding dope, feet rentals, rock residential. It's like crack, pack, pistols, every track I sizzle. Cause I'm a waiter, Oakland Raider. From the Bay to LA to Las Vegas. Cause I'm a player, a boss player. And if you with me, pop your collar, shake them haters. I'm a waiter, Oakland Raider. From the Bay to LA to Las Vegas. Cause I'm a player, boss player And if you with me, pop your collar, shake the haters I'm, I'm a raider. raider Just like my niggas before me But I was a thief without the open face Gold teeth and in gold was some fine ass Oakland Raiders And too short was the first Oakland Raider on the set Now, who man was a Raider when he was fucking with that? And the story X was a Raider when he was a water to stay And Dangerous Dane was a Raider when he was calling hoes names But I know, from the lake on Sundays to the 5 Now we to East Mott with the Sideshow But it's fun, and I'm famous, but I ain't trying to die though Niggas be going out in the game, but not I if I have to go back to dope, I'm swinging for survival. Now, who pippy do? If you hoeing and he pippin' you. Tried it for 30 days, I ain't lying, I ain't with it, dude. A babysitting job? Oh my God, that's a job. But I still want to do it, cause it's 100% odd. Cause I'm a waiter, Oakland Raider. From the Bay to LA to Las Vegas. Cause I'm a player, a boss player. And if you make me pop your collar, shake them haters. I'm a waiter, Oakland Raider. From the Bay to LA to Las Vegas. I'm a player, boss player, and if you bring me pop your dollar, shake the haters. Hieroglyphics been rated since 93 till infinity. Some underground shit that just shook the fucking industry. And Humpty with his gone ass, some Raider in his own right. The whole D, you can't forget you amped on sight. Now, Mystic, she the only female Raider I know. You the shit, baby girl, I'm just letting you know. And last but not least... Tupac Shakur, nigga, uh, rest in peace. I'm from the city of dope, the town of the crack. I'm from the city of pimps, the town of the Mac. East Oakland, he told Ebonic speech broken, keep joking. The loony's about to have the streets smoking. Down south, y'all keep smoking. Hey, we got the killer throwing eight. Heron and kilos for days. It's the city of the warriors, the home of the A's. Where niggas get sideways, shoot out some highways, nigga. East Oakland, bitch. I'm a raider, cause I'm a raider, Oakland raider.
It don't make no difference. Floating. Doing it all. Get them nigga from the East of Mount Mall. 